0: Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 44 of the Sco Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation. Today's show, episode 44, is an ode edition. Used to do this from time to time on Locked On Patriots, burning the tradition over here. It's a week of traditions, after all, with Thanksgiving on the horizon. And we're going to sing some odes in the mead halls to two players in particular, Isaiah Wynn and Jonathan Jones. We're going to dive into their film in a second. Also, remember, we're here just like any other week. We're going to have another show on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day here in the States. That's going to dive into all things Houston Texans. You're going to get nerdy football stuff from me on what the Texans do well in the passing game, what the Patriots defense can potentially exploit, bit of a hint there, as well as some things on the Houston Texans and what they do defensively. And whether we might see the Patriots have a bit of a breakout game on Sunday night. But before we do that, our usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work at places like Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Pro Football Weekly, and yes, that trinity of SB Nation websites, Big Blue View bleeding green nation where i co-host the qb Scott show and do some nerdy football videos from time to time get a new one out this week on dragon Y sit otherwise known as slant flat and the eagles ran a ton of it against the seattle seahawks on sunday and so i figured it was time to go to the whiteboard and break it down for for the eagles fans in your lives and yes right here pat's pulpit can't forget about that Got a piece going up, as I said on Wednesday, about the Houston Texans offense and what the Patriots can potentially exploit, and I'll expound on that in the Thursday Thanksgiving show. But let's sing from the meat halls, as it were, and we'll start with Isaiah Wynn, because if you, like me, were hoping that Isaiah Wynn could potentially be the missing link to this offense, you got a glimmer of hope. In the fog and the rain at Foxborough and Gillette Stadium on Sunday evening. Because this offense, despite the conditions, fared pretty well. This offensive line seemed a bit better overall. Both watching the game live, re-watching, and then watching the coaching tape as well. And I think a lot of that had to do with Isaiah Wynn. I want to start with him as a run blocker. And then we'll break down some of the pass protection stuff. The good and the bad. But if you wanted a sense of how the New England Patriots and Josh McDaniels felt about Isaiah Wynn, just fast forward to the final minutes of the game. Because when the Patriots needed to run the ball, work the clock, grind out this win, what did they do twice in a row? I just noticed there, pun not intended. They ran right behind Isaiah Wynn. They went with their jumbo package. They brought Landon Roberts onto the field. And they run right behind their big left tackle. And both plays, you saw tremendous work from Isaiah Wynn. First is a first and 10 at the Dallas 25-yard line, 144 remaining in the game. And they come out again with that heavy sort of two-tight end package. You've got a Landon Roberts at fullback. And they run right at left tackle. And Wynn's got a defender to the outside of him who's aligned over Bed Watson, head up on the tight end. And that defender tries to knife inside into the big gap between Isaiah Wynn and Joe Tooney. Now, Wynn is expecting to block out on him, and his first step with his left foot is out, but he sees him start to cross his face, and he immediately adjusts his path, driving his body into the now right shoulder, the upfield shoulder of that defensive end. And he drives him off the ball into the inside to get some help from Joe Tooney. And the rest of the play sets up extremely well because Watson now gets to go up to the play side linebacker. Landon Roberts gets to kick out Heath, the strong safety. But there's one more defender you got to worry about. And Wynn's task is not done. That backside middle linebacker scraping over that backside inside linebacker he needs to be taken care of, and when does that. He comes off the double team with Tooney, then gets into that guy, Jalen Smith, and rides him downfield. Tremendous play, and you see the awareness. You see the athleticism. It all shows up there for Win. Next play, after a Dallas timeout, again, they run left tackle. It's basically the same exact play. Got a lead zone blocking scheme, and Win once more, this is what he expected to see on the previous play. He's got the defender outside of him. Now we get the double team with him and Watson at the point of attack. Joe Thuney gets up to the second level. But Thuney gets to the second level and takes the second linebacker, Jalen Smith. He doesn't get the playside guy. Who does? Win. He peels off the defensive end, gets that playside linebacker, Sean Lee, that's trying to get to the football, gets just enough on him to get him away from Sonny Michelle, once more, or Landon Roberts on Heath, and when gets into the secondary, Julian Edelman is engaged with Byron Jones, but Edelman peels off at the last second, doesn't want to get a hold penalty. Byron Jones makes the tackle, but not after a gain of 12. And on both of those plays, Wynn was fantastic. And he was great throughout the game as a run blocker. On a first and 10 play in the first quarter, 13.06 mark, they run again, left tackle does a tremendous job with his leverage, staying low, gets into the nearest defender, handles his responsibility perfectly. I've talked a lot, and so has Bill Belichick, about five, six, seven-man surfaces, surfaces and angles in the blocking part of the run game, and how that's what matters more than scheme or execution from the running back, but getting those good blocking angles up front. If you want a great example of that, check out 1st and ten. 7.39 739, 7.39 mark of the first quarter. This is one of those jumble formations where Newhouse reports as an eligible receiver. Now he's aligned next to Wynn, sort of as a tight end on the left. And they do so much here conceptually as an offensive line. It's a little counterplay where Sony Michelle starts to the right and then bends it back. And we'll start with the center. Ted Karras. He snaps and then flares out to get one of the linebackers, Sean Lee. So he flares out to his right to take on Sean Lee. You've got Shaq Mason with a little trap block on the nose tackle. You've got Joe Tooney. He pulls to the outside as well to handle the defensive end. Isaiah Wynn climbs to the second level to take on a strong safety. They do so much here. The other player to watch, the tight end, Matt LaCosse, He comes with a wham block as well in the defensive tackle, Bennett. It's just angles and execution up front from the offensive line. Just a tremendous job. So I did want to start there. Isaiah Win had a great game as a run blocker. But I'm sure what you're waiting for with bated breath is, tell me about Isaiah Win, the pass protector. And he had a rocky start. You know, he gives up a sack-slash-fumble situation. Third and five, 549 mark of 544, excuse me, of the first quarter. And this is something that's going to be interesting to watch with him going forward. Robert Quinn, very quick with his hands. He's got great hands usage off the edge. And on this play, Wynn's aligned outside of Isaiah Wynn in sort of that wide nine alignment. He's outside of where you would even see a tight end if there was a tight end next to Isaiah Wynn here. And he just beats him to the outside. Wynn get, goes to get that initial jab with both of his hands into his chest. Quinn just chops the arm with the le- chops those arms with his left hand, and then loops around him, running right the arc, and he gets past Wynn. And then he uses that chop move again on Brady to knock the football out. Patriots are lucky that Brady recovers it. And so this initial pass rush rep sets up a lot of what we're going to talk about throughout the rest of this little ode to Isaiah Wynn. We'll return to this in a second. The Harry touchdown. He gets a very good cut block on the edge against Robert Quinn. It's not the best cut block I've ever seen. He doesn't get him to the turf fully, but he gets his hands down, and it gives Brady a window to make that throw. So that was very good. First and 10, 8.36 mark of the second quarter. He's a rock in pass protection on this rep. It's that crossing route, catch and run from Brady to Jacoby Myers. But Wynn does a tremendous job here. He's got a head-up defender. He starts inside, that defender does, and Wynn just stones him. Then as that player tries to continue inside, he gets a little bit of help, Wynn does from Joe Tooney. But that initial ability to stone him prevents that quick inside penetration that we talk so much about when we're talking about Tom Brady. Next play to talk about, 2nd and 10 at the 7.49 mark of the second quarter. He gets a little lucky here. This is a deep throw to Edelman for 20 yards, and it happens because Brady and his pocket movement are so effective. On this play, Wynn misses a stunt. The player that's head up on him cuts to the inside. He gets that initial push on him, that initial punch on him, and rides him to the inside, but he stays on him too long. The defensive tackle that loops around, he's got a free run at Tom Brady. And Wynn doesn't see it. He comes off too late. Only Brady getting the ball out of his hands with a quick little subtle step in the pocket is what prevents this from being a bad play. So he gets bailed out there. But he's a quick learner because a couple plays later, this is a third and 10 at the 6.55 mark. The pass falls incomplete. Brady can't connect with Edelman. But he faces a similar stunt and twist. And he's a much faster processor of what's happening. He sees the switch, the looper come around, and he picks him up. So while he missed it the first time, he picked it up the second time, which was huge. We'll return again to Robert Quinn. Late second quarter. This is 38 seconds left in the, in the first half. This is an incompletion under duress by Tom Brady. He has to throw it away. Why? Quinn again has trouble with that chop move from Quinn. Quinn's able to get into his hands, chop him, get around him around the arc, and Brady's forced to duck away from pressure. He was also under pressure as well from—this is one of the pass rush reps from Newhouse. So he was under duress in this entire play, but Quinn got the better of Isaiah Wynn on this rep. Now those early reps against Wynn sort of set the stage for that big 3rd-and-20 completion from Brady to Julian Edelman. That comes with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter— and Quinn now has beaten him to the outside a couple of times, and he set him up for what he's going to do here, which is come to the inside. Again, he uses that big, wide nine alignment. He really gets to the outside. Isaiah Wynn really gets into his kick slot. He's getting deep. He's getting wide. He's getting width. Everything looks to be good. And then Quinn comes inside. He comes inside and underneath Isaiah Wynn, and Wynn's not in position. He has overplayed himself to the outside. Now, luckily, Brady feels it. He feels that pressure, and he slides around it and is able to keep those eyes downfield to hit Edelman for the huge conversion. But Quinn did a really good job of setting Wynn up for this, and Wynn took the bait. He took the cheese on this one, got really wide, really to the outside, and gave up that inside penetration. It was Brady's pocket movement again that allowed the New England Patriots to convert this huge third and 20. But I do want to end on a good note. I'm going to talk about another play, A third and 11, the 9:39 mark. And if you look up this play, you'll think, Mark, but this is a sack. How is this good? Because it's a good pass rush rep from Isaiah Wynn. Because once more, Quinn now, try to get into Quinn's head. You've beaten him outside twice. You come inside. Maybe you're going to get back to the outside, right? And that's what he tries to do. Goes wide nine, comes upfield, and Wynn doesn't overcommit as much. He sort of stays parallel with him, rides him to the outside. And then when Quinn realizes he's been beaten, he's the only way he can get back to Brady is if he spins. Isaiah Wynn is with him every single step of the way. But then Quinn gets sort of cut blocked by Shaq Mason. Not because Shaq Mason was helping out. No, because Shaq Mason got driven back by his defensive tackle and was just sort of spinning around and losing his balance and he tumble rolls into Robert Quinn to cut block him. But up until that point, Wynn had got the better of Robert Quinn on that pass rush rep. So I wanted to end there because I thought it was a, another example like we talked about when he picked up the stunt and twist earlier. Here he sees the guy starting to set him up for that outside pass rush again. Does it, doesn't overcommit to it. So when he tries to spin back to the inside, he's there as well. So a bit of a learning process for Isaiah Wynn, but I thought a very good game from him overall. Up next, we're going to talk about Jonathan Jones and the game that he had. That's ahead on episode 44 of The Sco Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 44 of the SCO Show. And before we dive into Jonathan Jones, just a little reminder for you. If you are going to be celebrating Thanksgiving family and friends here in the next couple of days, the conversation might turn to football. And if it does, here's a way you can help your boy. Mention the SCO Show. Mention the QB SCO Show. Tell people that, look, if you want to learn some nerdy stuff about football, maybe get some historical references, some jokes, some self-deprecation, subscribe to the Pods. It's a great way to get people some knowledge about football and it's a great way to change the conversation because I know everybody, when you get the family together, not everybody shares the same views. People might start talking politics. Things might get awkward. A great way to sort of steer the conversation in, in a different direction is to say, hey, there's this idiot that does a podcast or two. Let's make fun of him for a few minutes. So if nothing else, I can be that savior in an awkward moment. So if the conversation begins to go awry, let me help. Let's talk Jonathan Jones. And just a couple of plays to highlight here because, look, we spent about 12 minutes on Isaiah Wynn. But I do want to highlight, beginning with that initial pass breakup he had. This is a 31 one situation at the thirteen fifty-two mark of the first quarter. And what was interesting about this play, watching it live, I thought that he was just with him, step for step, watching on the broadcast angle as well. But what's interesting, and we'll sort of get a sense for his closing ability throughout this game, is that they motion into a bunch late. And Jonathan Jones is actually aligned as a deep safety. So pre-snap, it looks like they're going to be running a two-deep safety look with Devin McCourty and Jonathan Jones as the two deep safeties. Dallas motions into a bunch And they execute some sort of cross-check type thing because he's making a cross with his arms, Jones is, as he comes down to the bunch to get into sort of a man coverage position. Now, the inside receiver in this bunch set is Randall Cobb. And he starts to the outside looking like he's going to run to the flat. And so Jonathan Jones, is that's what he's sort of anticipating. He starts to work outside to the flat. But then Randall Cobb comes underneath him. And what's amazing about the route recognition and coverage from Jones is once Jones sees him start to break to the inside, he gets right underneath him and accelerates underneath the receiver and gets himself in that left hand in between Randall Cobb and the pass and lane and the quarterback Dak Prescott. The route recognition was tremendous. So even though he sort of overcommits just a step perhaps to the flat, He's able to read what he's doing, read his hips, read that belt buckle area. That's, what the, that's going to take you to where this guy wants to go, and then explodes under it. So I thought that was tremendous. Another third and short, third and two at the 14 23 mark of the second quarter now. This is the interception by Stephon Gilmore. But I want to talk about what happens here because once more they motion to a bunch. They bring Cobb across the formation from right to left. And he sort of trails him. He doesn't sprint across the formation. He's in good position to cover this route. And the route that he runs is now the flat route. And while Prescott doesn't throw to Cobb here, he is in tremendous position to cover the flat. Even better, the ball is released before Cobb breaks vertically. Because Cobb is Going to release to the flat. If the ball isn't there, he's going to break upfield vertically. Jones doesn't stick with him throughout the entire route. So that's something to watch going forward. Do, do we see a double move or two thrown at Jonathan Jones? Because while well, he had the initial flat route covered, he wasn't there in the vertical route. Let's talk about the third and three stop, in the third quarter. This comes at the 7.22 mark. And again, this is a tremendous play from Jonathan Jones. Because we get zig motion here. And what that means is the receiver sort of starts in motion to the inside, making it look like he's going to cross the formation. Jonathan Jones is trailing him. And he's sort of slow playing in here because he assumes he's going to go all the way across the formation. But when Cobb, who starts in the slot, gets to about the left tackle spot, he reverses course. And Jones is on the hash mark when the ball is snapped. This play is designed to bait Jonathan Jones into slow playing, getting the motion across the formation, being stuck in the middle of the field, and then thrown right to Cobb in the flat. And when the ball is snapped, again, Cobb is starting his route. He's outside the left tackle. He's going to release to the flat. And Jones is in the middle of the field on the hash mark. There is no way he should be able to recover and stop this from being a first down. Because remember, it's third and two. But the closing speed is tremendous. It also helps that Prescott's throw is back into the inside. If Prescott gets this out towards the boundary a bit more, Dallas has a first down. But Cobb has to slow up and turn to the inside to make this catch. And that little difference in ball placement of maybe a couple of feet, maybe a foot, allows Jones to recover, close, and make the stick before the first down marker. And so when chuckleheads like me had questions about Dak Prescott and his ball placement, it was moments like this that we had in mind. And yes, I'm not saying that I got Dak Prescott right. I didn't. I completely whiffed on him. I get it. But this, this is what I was talking about. Let's talk some more stuff here. Fourth quarter now, second and five at the 853 mark. Another good example of what route concepts can do to sort of create traffic and create opportunities downfield. This is the big play to Cobb where he fumbles it to himself. They run a crossing concept here, and I know there was a discussion in the Scotia Slack channel about whether there should be offensive pass interference here. Live it looked like there was contact, but there was contact. It was only between Jonathan Jones and his teammate because they run a crossing concept here And Jones, as he's trying to track Cobb across the formation, gets picked off by Stephon Gilmore, who's covering Amari Cooper on his crossing route. So Cobb's working from right to left, Cooper from left to right. The defenders cross, they make contact. Devin McCourney does a decent job of picking up Randall Cobb and running with him. But there's enough of a window now where Prescott's able to hit Cobb for that big play. So Jones gets picked off there. It wasn't a situation where he got beaten he just get picked off by his own guy. Last play I'll mention, second and seven, the 621 mark of the fourth quarter. This is the play before the play before the strange field goal try. Fourth and seven with, you know, five minutes and change left in that game. They run a sit route over the middle of the field, and that's where Prescott wants to go with the football. But he brackets it. Jones does with the safety that's coming down to help it. They take away the first read. He's forced to so- sort of try and create. He looks at the tight end late in the back of the end zone and falls incomplete, taking away the primary read. Anytime you can do that as a defense or as a defensive back, you've done something good. So there's some nerdy football stuff, some odes to two different players that I thought deserve some love in the wake of a victory in Week 12 over the Dallas Cowboys. Next time on this show, Episode 45 of the Sco Show, we'll close it in on 50 feels good we'll do some more nerdy football stuff I'm going to talk about the Houston Texans in depth their defense their offense to Sean Watson exploited in the hesitation that phrase is going to be back look as creators as writers as podcasters sometimes we have our crutch our go-to's the the hits the greatest hits as it were exploit the hesitation might be mine so that will be your Thanksgiving edition until then friends please keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Foxville.